Hello again, awesome, hardworking, passionate, leading mom. Welcome to episode 41 of the Moms That Lead podcast. Can you believe that it's spring already? At least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, and particularly here in Houston where things are actually starting to bloom. The change of season has inspired our next two episodes, as I feel like it's a great time to step back and reflect on how we can develop new habits that make us healthier leaders to do the work that's required for new leadership growth so that as the flowers bloom, so might we. Our guest today is actually not from the Northern Hemisphere. She's an Aussie. I feel so blessed that Cherie Canning and I have connected and that you'll have the opportunity to learn from her and be inspired by her. Our conversation was incredibly uplifting and it covered many topics. We talked about being a mindful leader. We talked about the practice of gratitude and how it can transform everything from having a preemie who was born at 25 weeks to breaking down barriers in business meetings. We talked about the support needed for working parents and how leading with kindness can transform lives. Cherie leads with joy in everything that she does. Cherie is a certified coach, leader, facilitator, speaker, and proud mom, as she would say. She spent almost 20 years in the travel industry in senior leadership and people and culture roles before launching her own company, Luminate Leadership. She has facilitated hundreds of workshops, keynotes, and conferences with one goal, to inspire more heart-centered leadership. Her skills and passion lie in facilitating topics such as emotional intelligence, workplace wellness, and enhancing team culture through authentic, conscious, and courageous leadership. Outside of her facilitation, Cherie has been instrumental in her contribution to her community. She's the co-founder of the Flight Center Travel Group's ParentWise initiative to provide support for new parents. After giving birth to her daughter at 25 weeks, she created a preemie support group for parents at her local hospital. And in 2020, she was awarded by her premier for her commitment to the community through her social media account, The Kindness Project. Cherie is a firm believer that when we can speak, we can influence. When we can influence, we can change lives. She is driven every day to grow the leaders of today to create a better tomorrow. I tell you, if you're looking for an uplifting episode with practical experience-based tips for bringing more joy to your leadership, then this is the episode for you. Yes, it's a little longer than our usual episodes, but I didn't want to deprive you of any of Cherie's stories or impactful insights. But before we start, in case we haven't met, here's a little bit about me and about the Moms That Lead movement. Hey, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. 
I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Welcome, Cherie, to the Moms That Lead podcast. We're very excited to have you on today. I know we just connected and have so much in common, and I love everything you're doing with leadership. And I gave my audience a little bit of an intro to you, but I would love to hear it from you, just if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that my uh, Aussie accent is okay for everyone that they can. <laughs> yeah, a little bit about me. I would describe myself as an optimist and a lover of life. I wear a few hats. So I'm a very proud mom, wife, and business owner. I am that person that sits in public transport and smiles and talks to people and asks them how their day is. You know, <laughs> I'm not crazy, but I just love people and love connecting with people. So that's me, I would say in a, in a nutshell. Oh, wonderful. And I know you have a special little one as well yes. that we, we might get a chance to talk to talk about a little bit more later, but if you want to just yeah. tell that story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So my husband, Andy and I, we, we actually met about 14 years ago, working at the same travel company. And we had our beautiful little miracle baby, Chloe. She turned four in November. So she's four in a little bit now. And she was born at 25 weeks. So we are very proud preemie parents or micro preemie parents. 25 weeks. She weighed, I guess, to put in context of Chloe, she weighed 730 grams. I'm not sure pounds. We'll have to do that math and maybe I can throw it in there after we're editing. (laughs) I wish we were using grams, but (laughs) it would be a lot easier, but a universal that everyone could relate to, I'm sure is that my husband's wedding ring actually went over her entire arm up to her shoulder. Oh my gosh. So if you just think about the circumference of a ring and just how small that is. So yeah, so we, we're just a family of three and, and our puppy as well. And really just love the simple things in life. I, I feel going through that journey as a um, preemie mom and having a child on life support in hospital for three months really, mm. really grounds you to be grateful for the very small things and take nothing for granted. So mm-hmm. that is our, that's our, the way that we live, really. Definitely. And I, I know speaking to the point that you said you love to connect with people, you've also connected with other mothers going through the similar situation, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I have. I found it quite lonely and scary when Chloe was first born. It was a world that I knew nothing about, the NICU Premi world. And I actually, there's a lot of big community groups that were already set up, but in the local hospital where I was, and there's only two hospitals that take Prems in, in Brisbane, in Queensland, where we live at that gestation. So there's there's hundreds of babies in there at any one time. And I actually started a Facebook community back when Chloe was born. And we since then celebrate things like World Prematurity Day, different Premi events where we come together 
physically prior to COVID, we would actually come together on the grounds of the hospital on World Prematurity Day with balloons and picnics and bring all the kids to meet each other. And virtually it's a support group where parents can ask questions, share celebrations, share their fears and concerns. Just a really nice way to connect in such an intimate really unique uh, little bubble, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been wonderful with those friendships coming out of that. It's amazing. That is. And at such, as you mentioned, an important time for women and, and families, and an, I'm sure a scary time as well. So yeah. thank you for your leadership with that. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And speaking of leadership, I'd love to hear about other ways that leadership is in your life and and how you're leading and how you're helping others lead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say for me, it's, you know, there's a few different ways. And firstly, in my career, as I mentioned, I met my husband in a travel company and prior to COVID in our pre-COVID life, as we know it, I worked in an amazing company called Flight Center for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And 15 of my 17 years there were in leadership roles. And I was really passionate about leading people, seeing them grow, creating, being in um, a retail space, making sure that we were leading for our customers. And ultimately it connected for me about the, my love of travel. So having the opportunity to get people to experience the world, I, I believe, lowers barriers, creates more Mm -hmm. tolerance, more love, more acceptance across cultures, which is an amazing thing. And my last role there, I would say it was my dream job. I was in the leadership development team and uh, training up and coming leaders all the way through to senior leaders in different workshops and coaching. And then, and then COVID hit. So you can imagine a travel company and an international pandemic, they don't mix very well. Mm -hmm. So in March last year, actually, my husband and I were both working there and we both got stood down. And the process here in Australia was that most of the stand downs, we had some government reimbursements so people still got paid, but there was no meaningful work to do at the time. So we were getting paid the job keeper is what we call it in Australia. And come October for my husband and November for myself, we both got made redundant, you know, as many, I think thousands of people did actually in our company alone. So it was one of the, it's, it's a real shame. It's so sad. Well, what can you do? And it's not a personal thing. It's just the the outcome of good old COVID. So my, I guess my challenge to myself was to be true to myself and know what I love and know what I feel that I'm good at. And I was looking for roles that could really replicate what I was doing in my old role, but I couldn't find it. And I believed in it so much. And I guess I'd say that I backed myself enough that I created it. So in November last year, I actually launched my own business called Luminate Leadership. And it is all about heart-centered, holistic-based leadership and and moving from a management style of do and tell people what to do to really showing up as authentic, conscious leaders. And yeah, so every day I'm I'm embodying what I aim to teach my my clients and, and their people. And yeah, I, I hope that I hope that that's what people see in me every day. But that's from a work perspective, for sure, how I'm leading and and inspiring others to grow and lead as well. I would say as well in the in the house, you know, in the mm-hmm. household as a mom, is probably the most important leadership role that I play. Mm-hmm. And and a mom to a girl as well who will grow to be a young woman. And I'm really conscious about the behaviors, the beliefs and the actions that I'm displaying for Chloe as a role model. 
And, you know, if I'm honest, sometimes it's easier said than done, but to be really conscious and intentional. So I have a few internal rules that I have made for myself or guidelines. I never want her to hear me say I'm too busy for something. Mm. Running my own business is a big job uh, and it takes a lot of energy and time. I am really conscious that she never hears I'm too busy for you. So it doesn't mean I always can say yes in that moment, but it's those words too busy because I want her to grow up knowing that as, as women, as moms, we can have a business and we can own a business or work in a business and also be amazingly present mums. And another one, I don't know, I'm sure this is pretty universal, but I have made the biggest commitment to myself never to body shame myself in front of her and always, always use words that describe my own confidence and um, self-love and Honestly, that's probably been faking it until it's fake it till you make it for a while, right? And sometimes I even feel like, oh, but do I really look beautiful? What do you think? Does mummy look beautiful today? And not just beauty, smart, mummy's brave, all of those words, because I, I want her growing up in a household where we've we're confident and not arrogant. Please don't confuse mm-hmm. that with arrogance or lack of humility. But in that female sense of building our confidence and self-esteem, my mom actually, you know, my, growing up, my mom would refuse to be in photos, would be really like you'd have to drag her into a photo, kicking mm-hmm. and screaming. Oh, I don't, I don't look good in photos. I don't want to have that photo. And so I think from building, being a role model for my daughter, that's really important for me. I think you hit on two very important points with your internal rules, making making her feel valued, giving her the ultimate gift you can, that your gift of time, the one thing that we can never get more of, and then the gift of confidence and knowing her value will just help her to bloom into a wonderful leader herself. Yes, I truly hope so. That is my desire every day and just a kind human. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I feel like that kindness starts with self-kindness, doesn't it? So if I'm talking to myself or in any way acting in a way that is not being kind to myself, then what am I modeling for her? And yeah, I feel when we can have that self-compassion and self-kindness, self-love, it's going to then permeate in the rest of our relationships as well. Mm-hmm. So true. I'm curious, you know, we've been talking about leadership. Do you have a favorite leadership experience from your past, either at home or at work or in your business? Yeah, I, oh, there's so many in so many different ways and small moments with people that are important. I would say there was there was one experience that really, really sticks with me as something I'm quite proud of and, and that I believe made a lasting impression. And it was related when I was back at Flight Centre and I was a co-founder of what we call ParentWise. Mm-hmm. And I guess to give some context is in the company we're in, we're 70% female and a lot of women going through maternity leave as what happens when mm-hmm. you've got such a female dominant industry. I'm not sure how it works in the States. In Australia, some businesses will pay for maternity leave in addition to the government. So the government do pay you a certain amount and then some businesses will also top you up. And the structures and the, I guess the policies and procedures really vary company to company. When I took maternity leave with Chloe, not only was it 
challenging from the fact that my daughter was in hospital for such a long period of time and so much uncertainty around her health. And she was given a 50% chance of survival when she was born. And then we were told if she survives and hopefully, you know, hopefully when, but you know, if she survives then there's some really high chance of disability as well. So for me on maternity leave, I was really unsure when and if I would be returning to work mm-hmm. at any stage. And without any blame or shaming anyone, the the experience I had on maternity leave was pretty horrific. And there was a restructure literally two weeks after Chloe came home from hospital. There was a restructure where I was told my role was no longer available. And I, yeah, it was it was absolutely dreadful. And as I said, I, I don't want to shame anything because there were some individuals who were unbelievable to say to me, oh, we know you're on maternity leave. We know what you're going through. Two two female leaders, senior leaders in the company, actually, who then reached out and said, we will look after you. Do not worry. So it all ended well. But that experience when I was in that fog of new mom and the overwhelm and the uncertainty and a lot of fear So coming through that a few months later, as things started settling in, I started settling a little bit. An opportunity came up through one of these senior leaders with another colleague for us to found what we call ParentWise. So this, I realized being connected in the company so long and this massive extrovert connected to a lot of people, (laughs) if I felt that isolated and that alone during that experience, how are so many of our other women feeling? So ParentWise, we created, and in the two years that it was running, we had hundreds of women and men and men on our parental program. So we would have monthly catch-ups in all of our head cities, in all of our capital cities, where parents could bring their babies in and there were mums and dads. It was amazing. They could bring their babies in. We'd give them coffee. Existing parents who had just returned from parental leave would come and visit, meet them. Their leaders would come and see them. And it was really just getting people back in physically. We had newsletters that would just do little updates. We had apps, we had health tips, we had financial support, we had lunch and learn. So not just for the new parents, we had a lunch and learn. I recall one day that was, it was internet safety. So we had this amazing speaker come in and that was for two-year-olds up to 18-year-olds. You know, it was relevant for parents of um, all age children the Christmas just prior to COVID, we had this huge event at our global headquarters. Our CEO came and spoke. We had Santa giveaways, arts and crafts tables. It was just incredible. So to to kind of have a maybe not so ideal experience and then create this network of support for other parents moving forward, that was something I'm really proud of and having that impact on other moms and other dads um, across the company. It, it sounds like that is almost a pattern in your life of taking a situation that's a little challenging and making something beautiful out of it. Oh, thank you. That is such a beautiful way of seeing it. I, I'll take that. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Can I add in that one? I just forgot to um, say, but I just want to acknowledge my husband because in the parent wise, we actually had an, another function called dad's beers. And a way to get the men along is we just bribed them with free alcohol, with a free <laughs> beer. The women just had their coffee, but the men would come in the afternoon. So these were men back at work for talking about being dads. And I know mm-hmm. the podcast is all about mums, but isn't 
parenting and teamwork, right? So yeah, I love that. And my husband would go to the events and speak to the other dads and be a real advocate for it as well. So yay, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And that, that support of parents is so important. And it's wonderful that your company was willing to recognize that and, and do something about it and that you were able to lead that. Thank you. And you know, it's funny now in Luminate as we are not a big company yet. Mm -hmm. I've actually been invited in as a partner for a company based here in Australia. It's an internationally reaching company called Circle In, and they've considered me as one of their leadership experts and, mm -hmm. and they have a parental support program and I guess a, a, a platform so it's all online and they've got for example Coca-Cola um, is one of their customers so in all of their different places around the world employees have got that support so in America and Australia it's amazing so Wonderful. it's really great to still be a part with Circle In still part of that making an impact with parents in the workplace in a different capacity now but that's something at Luminate and personally I'm really proud of. That's wonderful that you still get an opportunity to do that. And on one of our past episodes, I did an interview with Amy Henderson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she was speaking about how that support is important, not just for the parents, but it's also important for the business because parenting yeah. is actually the ultimate leadership training and development program of being a parent, the skills that are developed if you're supported during that time can be those same skills that we develop training programs for, you know, emotional intelligence, collaboration. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful. Exactly. I think chicken or the egg, because in the leadership experiences and the facilitation in myself, in facilitating, you learn just as much as being a participant, mm -hmm. having attended a lot over the years and being accredited and things. Those lessons I've learned now to be a mom for Chloe are just priceless and vice versa. So That's I think true. back into the workplace and what you learn and perspective and gratitude and patience and mm -hmm. <laughs> awareness, all of these amazing things. So yeah, absolutely the lessons we learn in both directions are so critically important. And speaking to that and kind of going back on one of your internal rules of never telling Chloe that you're too busy. Yeah. Uh, I know that one of the uh, skills that you teach at Illuminate Leadership is being a mindful leader. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be a mindful leader? Yeah, absolutely. I now I, again, I'm not sure in the States, this word mindfulness or mind, when we talk about mindful or mindfulness, sometimes I feel like it can be misinterpreted. It could be overused. It could be mm -hmm. misunderstood. When I think, and you know, I looked up the definition of mindfulness and it's so simple that sometimes it needs a warning label saying this may seem too simple to be <laughs> truly is going to have an impact. But mindfulness is the quality or the state of being conscious or aware of something. So it's not necessarily sitting on a yoga mat all of the time meditating. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's a really great thing to do. So it's not a bad <laughs> thing in any way. But I believe when you look at all successful leaders, people you've been led by, people that we see through the media or hear of that inspire us, 
I'm convinced that one common trait that these leaders all have is that they are mindful, that they're aware and conscious. And in, say, when we look at emotional intelligence, when we're um, teaching emotional intelligence, there's five components of emotional intelligence. And the first few begin with us. So, you know, it's Mm self-awareness and then self-management and then through empathy and social skills. So if we are self-aware of our triggers, our emotions, our beliefs, the attitudes, and I guess the mindset belief um, set that is running us every day, when we're aware of those things, then we create the space to manage those things. So when I say I'm expressing um, confidence in front of my daughter, I'm not saying that every day I wake up and look in the mirror and think, oh, wow, you've got it. (laughs) Um, It's me going, oh, I don't feel great today. So what do I need to do to then make myself feel great so that then I can say with conviction and authenticity, positive things about myself. Mm -hmm. So from the, the parenting side, but from a leadership in the workplace, for sure, this is around when we've got pressure and expectations and deadlines and lots of people that are reporting to us we're responsible for. If we can't be aware of the stress and the pressure and get outside of our own minds, then how do we notice what's happening with our people? How can we truly lead people if we miss the signs, if we miss the red flags, if we have got our own blind spots and biases that we haven't been aware of, that the unconscious bias we need to bring to the conscious so Mm -hmm. then we can make intentional decisions and not be, I guess, being run by our amygdala hijack. So, you know, our emotional hijacks all the time, but it's being aware of those stop, think, respond rather than just reacting to everything. I really believe when we look at successful leaders around us, they are aware and conscious of themselves and others. And that's what makes them great. I wholeheartedly agree. What, what would you say to those moms out there who are leading that don't feel like they are as mindful as they should be? Do you have any tips or practices yeah. that they might try using in order to help develop that within themselves? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I If it's okay, I'm going to send you maybe a little list of some suggested of morning activities, maybe mm-hmm. some evening activities. There's so many different things. And I suppose it's it's important to try everything on for size. In that mindful leadership day that I facilitate, we do nine different activities through mm. the day. So some things are going to work for people. You know, running is going to be something for a lot of people and yoga will be something for others. So it, there's no discrimination around what practice you choose. One practice, though, I really believe in and I believe can be done by everyone of any any amount of pressure or expectation in your life, any levels of fitness, any age, so inclusive of our whole families, is practicing gratitude. And it's very simple, yet a huge impact. I remember when I've always, I've always considered myself someone who is very grateful and expresses a lot of gratitude. And it wasn't until Chloe was born that there was a nurse actually on day two of her life. Her name was Gail, a beautiful lady. And she came up to us and said, Chloe was born 101 days early. You have to know you're at least at the very minimum, you'll be here for 101 days. Mm. So this is a marathon, not a sprint. And you are going to have really tough days while you're here. You're going to have moments that feel like they're dragging on forever. There's going to be some really challenging times. 
it is critically important that at the end of every day, you walk away and you say one good thing from every day. Mm. And it was just a different way of someone packaging up gratitude for us. And I loved it. And I said to my husband, she's right. <laughs> so we, we grabbed a journal. My mother-in-law bought, bought us this beautiful journal. And every night, Andy and I would go home and write about something good from the day. We do little updates of where Chloe's progress was medically and every day write about things. And Terry, can I tell you, there was days where like Chloe had two life-saving blood transfusions. That was mm. so confronting, so difficult. We saw other families. We're in a room, uh, NICUs around the world are a little different. The room we're in, there was eight babies in one wow. room. So you can imagine this extroverted lady who loves to speak to people <laughs> on a train. <laughs> I was I was making friends everywhere because it was my way of getting through, connecting with other people, getting part of people's stories, sharing ours. And in the time we were there, there were two babies that actually, oh, sorry, I'm just, <laughs> it's hitting me here. But in the time we were there, there were two babies that didn't make it and, mm-hmm. and seeing their families go through what they did and was was dreadful and and there were a lot of babies that just scraped by and who were still fighting really hard to find their place in life now with their own health and disabilities so it was a really challenging time mm-hmm. and honestly the practice of gratitude to focus and intentionally train your brain to look for good moments in what can only be this dark cloud was incredible was incredible and we continued that diary that journaling to the point where when we got home and Andy was back at work we would send each other a grateful text message every Mm. single day and it had to be something different and now we do it once a week we could probably do it a little more often (laughs) but now it's actually practice at night time so we ask Chloe at the end of every day three questions and this is what I love I think you can do it at the dinner table you could just ask one question But as a family, we ask three questions. We say, what was your favorite thing of today? So just pointing out the positive. Mm -hmm. We say, what are you grateful for today? And how are you kind today? And sometimes a four-year-old's answers are just around ice cream or (laughs) or some kind (laughs) of treat. But you know what? That That's okay. And practice of looking for something positive. And, and Andy and I com- contribute to that as well. And, and if that's just the one thing that I could recommend... There is so much scientific research backing this up that it reduces depression. And I'm not a psychologist, so I don't want Mm -hmm. to go into that. It helps us sleep better. It enhances empathy. It reduces aggression. It improves self-esteem. I love this expression that gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. Mm. It it kind of jolts us from focusing on what we don't have or fears and focusing instead what we do have and mm-hmm. being grateful for that and, and seeing the light in things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And thank you for sharing the stories behind it because it, you know, people may think, well, gratitude is only for you when your life is going really well. But in yeah. fact, it can be quite the opposite. It, you need it even the most when things aren't yes. going so well. Yes, completely. And and as a habit, like any habit, when we do something for a period of time, say 21 days at a minimum, when we've got that habit, we are actually reworking the neural pathways in our brain to be searching for something mm-hmm. that we, we are grateful for. It is so powerful. And you're right. I, I feel in the challenging times and 
now the pandemic, you know, this is still a really challenging time for a lot of people. We're not through it all yet. So it, now are those times mm-hmm. to be focusing on what we have and that gratitude. And then the mindfulness practice can build, but that would be my idea for a really great foundation. I love that. How do you think the gratitude then helps you to be more mindful as a leader, to be more self-aware? Because you spoke about how you need to be self-aware of the stresses that are coming on you and the emotions so that you can then deal with that and be able to see how others are are feeling and and take care of them as well. So what is the connection that you see between practicing gratitude and being more self-aware? Yeah, I feel that time to sit and stop and reflect, just giving yourself that space, Mm -hmm. then other things come. And actually the book that I use, I've got a gratitude journal as well, a specific journal for gratitude. And one question is at the top, it says, what will you let go of? So that for me brings up that opportunity to say, okay, well, did I not support someone well enough today? Mm -hmm. Or, Or if I've got in a bad, a bad run of, maybe I haven't eaten so well and I'm feeling gross or, you know, just feeling lethargic. And instead of beating yourself up or, or having negative internal dialogue, you just acknowledge, yeah, you know what, mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to exercise more tomorrow. I've got to let go of the poor nutrition choices and tomorrow I'll make a different choice. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes there's just that space to stop and reflect. Oh. Well, thank you for that. I think that is something that we can all practice. And I do love that question. What are you going to let go of? Uh, Because it helps me to feel like I can release it. And I am not bound by a mistake that I made or bound by a poor choice that I made that day. I can acknowledge it. I can acknowledge how it affected my emotions and maybe affected my leadership. And then I can let it go. Yes. Yes. And totally. There's no shaming. It's not beating yourself up. I agree. What I've then noticed is if there is a a repetition, if there's a repetition of what you're writing down, then you need to have that moment with yourself to go, okay, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. This is the fourth time I've written the Mm -hmm. same thing in the last week or two. What's happening? What aren't I um, implementing in my day? Or And that for me, that's often in the past, not so much now, I've got ourselves into some really great habits. In the past, it was around not enough exercise and movement and not great nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, when you combine those, your tolerance, your patience, your energy levels, all of those things are then impacting the way you interact with other people. And so that would be then the conversation with my husband where I say, oh, okay, we need to find solutions, meal prep, organize our calendar in a different way, whatever it is that's going to work. But then seeing the pattern, then you can make some really good changes and make take some ownership or accept things for what they are and move on if that's if that's going to work for you. In this case, mm-hmm. it isn't working for me. So what am I going to do about it? So that's nice. And if it's progress, not perfection, right? I think when we're beating ourselves up over perfection, it's just not obtainable and it's not sustainable and it's just not real. So we've got to live life a little and not be so so critical on ourselves all the time. Yes. But I love how you counterbalanced what I said about letting it go a little bit by saying, well, if it's repeating and it's a pattern, then you know if you want to take action to change that 
or if it's something that you need to find a way to just work with and, and work around. Yeah. Yeah. And as uh, Elsa says in Frozen, just let it go. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Sorry. That's a mom of a four-year-old coming out of me right now. (laughs) No no worries. Now I'm going to have it stuck in my head for the rest of the evening, but that's okay. Sorry. (laughs) I heard you mention when we were talking about your rules was, was being kind to yourself, but you also talked about how you just wanted to raise a kind human being with Chloe. And I know that in addition to what you're doing with Luminate Leadership and in addition to what you're doing with the Premi Support Group, you also started a project called the Kindness Project. And I cannot let you go without talking about (laughs) it because as all the listeners know, that's very uh, near and dear to my heart. So I would love to hear about the project, about what it is, how it got started and what you're doing with it now. Yes, thank you. I feel we're, we're kindred spirits on the other side of the world around this. <laughs> yeah, I would say the Kindness Project was born two Christmases ago. A friend of mine had created this most beautiful thing called the Christmas Advent calendar of giving. And essentially you bore, instead of having chocolates or treats every morning, counting the way up to Christmas. It was a card every day of an act of kindness, an act of mm-hmm. giving. And Chloe was just, turned, she just turned three. So I'm going to say this was more for me than it was for her. <laughs> um, just trying to, you know, brainwash the kindness into her from a very young age. And there were, there were parts of it that she was involved in. And there were parts that definitely had to be driven from an adult perspective. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was for the the 24 days. And again, it's created a habit, right? Over three weeks of every single day having a different, different activity. And my beautiful goddaughter, Ruby, said to me, well, you've done that now. You can't just wait till December to do it again. And so over the Christmas period, we were brainstorming and we said, yeah, let's create these cards. Let's create these activities and we'll make our own kindness project. And that's where the kindness project was born. Now, I think what was quite fitting is a few months later, COVID hit and Mm. the world has never needed kindness and the awareness of giving and connection and contribution and community more in our lifetime, more than what it does now, I Mm -hmm. I believe. So we have almost 2000 people on the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And really, I think the group side is really just the community driven people sharing different things from the account that I run. It's there's a lot of just reminders. I was posting through COVID different conversation starters. So when you're in lockdown, what kind of positive conversation can we have? We had kindness cards for COVID that were COVID safe, but also Mm -hmm. thinking about how can you connect with other people in your community, in your family, across the other side of the world. Prior to the pandemic, we also, I would use them in all of my facilitation training. So as icebreakers and energizers in programs, I'd say, okay, you've in the next hour, make sure he's your all the cards you can use a different act of kindness to and then we'd come back and we debrief and realizing that acts of kindness are so powerful because it's releasing the endorphins and mm-hmm. the serotonin and the oxytocin for you and then it's helping the person you've just given it to and often they then tell someone so it's like this three-tier effect and it's just like that butterfly effect it's so powerful so 
Yeah, that's really, it's a social media account, essentially just reminding people, encouraging people and sharing different acts of kindness going around. That's great. I had never thought of, I mean, I love the project as a whole, but I had never thought of using acts of kindness as an icebreaker or yeah. in a, a discussion prompter in a corporate setting. Yeah. And yes. That's so neat. Thank you. And if I can just like throw a real tip in there, I think the gratitude is something that I combine the two. And if if you say the activity I'll do and it takes five minutes and it is so powerful, it's powerful because it's not a practice everyone's done so they can experience it. Mm-hmm. If it is something they've done, it feels good. And also it has a knock-on effect. So I'll often ask people to write down three things they're grateful for. One, something small. It could be, you know, the sunshine on the the walk to work or, you know, something small. It could be, and I ask them then something significant. So something large, you know, it could be the health or the health of their family or which is quite prominent and important at the moment, particularly. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I ask them to be grateful for someone. And so they write down their person, they write the reason why, and then they don't know this, but then I ask them to pull their phones out and text that person and tell them why they're grateful for them. And it's incredible. We had a a story that comes to mind from this was uh, a guy, I was running a two-day course and we did it on day one. And on day two in the morning, I ask everyone as they leave to do something that will bring them joy overnight. Mm -hmm. So we share something that brings them joy. And I ask any, any feedback from yesterday's gratitude. And of course that acts of kindness, sending a compliment, the gratitude, it's, you're not expecting anything in return. You can't, it's, it's not, it's not intended to be asking for a reply. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes you're going to get a beautiful reply and this guy, he was so nervous because he said, oh, I've said my mom. And, you know, my mom, <laughs> he felt like a little bit, a bit embarrassed as this fully grown man to be saying his mom. And, you know, for all the mums out there, I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't live with his mom. So he had no idea what she was doing in her day. And it turns out that his mom that day had to make a whole heap of people redundant. Mm. And the first message that she read after making all these people redundant was this beautiful message from her son about how much he loved her. And it still gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Me too. Uh, And again, in the corporate setting, in a personal setting, I think it kicks all the boxes. So permission to repackage that (laughs) however anyone can. I think the more kindness, the more gratitude we have in this world, the better the world will be. Definitely. You spoke to it a little, I mean, I think we got a little bit of it there in your answer to the last question, but I'm curious if you have anything in addition about how you think projects like that, like the Kindness Project, make people better leaders. I believe that when when we lead, you know, my personal belief is leading people, it's an honor and a privilege. And it's not one we should take lightly. We have the opportunity to shape people's lives. And every day, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the author, Susan Scott. She wrote the book, Fierce mm-hmm. Conversations. Mm, I'm not. Um, incredible, incredible book. And she's got a quote in there that not every conversation can change a life, but any conversation can. Mm. And I love that. That's a mantra for me that not every conversation you're going to have is going to have a huge impact. Be careful with your words, though, because any conversation can be that conversation Mm -hmm. that has the impact. 
And that's where I believe the acts of kindness, you're almost, it's like the conduit between you connecting with people. It allows, mm-hmm. it brings us joy because we know we're creating joy for someone else. It brings us a sense of calm. I think it brings us a sense of empathy. When you're constantly looking for how you can bring kindness to someone else, you're looking outside of your own, you're getting outside of your own head and into others and that awareness and that connectedness and that sense of contribution. I feel, you know, they're real true human needs. And Mm -hmm. it may sound a little cheesy, but I I really uh, go by the expression, the secret of living is giving Mm -hmm. and be able to give back and contribute in your time, your energy, just a smile to someone. If you can give financially, you can give lots of your time, then great, do it. Not everyone has those resources, but we all have the resource of our smile. We all have the resource of kind words. So I feel like when we're thinking through that lens, we're genuinely thinking about how we can impact others, which is whether by title or not, that is leading people and that's shaping the future of our world. Perfectly said. That is leadership. And I think, you know, at Moms Lead, we kind of go through the ground and then the grow and then the give. And the ground is all about kind of knowing yourself, getting clarity on what your strengths, your values, your passion are. And then the yeah. grow is developing that confidence and, and learning more of the practical leadership skills so that you can then give and connect with the greater world. I love that. I am so glad I have found you. <laughs> you, you the work you're doing, I, it truly inspires me. And I, I love it. I love that to find the same set of values and beliefs on the other side of the world. Yes. And um, we can all just keep chipping away, right? Let's just keep chipping away at it and spreading the love. That's right. I, I, I feel the same way. Speaking of being grateful, grateful that we can connect and we have technology that you know, allows us to meet people on the other side of the world. Absolutely. What an absolute blessing. And, you know, there's so much talk around the negativity, the trolling, the the horrible side of Mm -hmm. media, social media, which, you know, it just gives me Oh, the bullying and the horrible side. We just got it. We need to change in our society that that's just not acceptable. And Instead, we're using these forums for absolute good. And yeah, I think it's an incredible gift that we can be sitting on the other side of the world, seeing each other, speaking to one another. And yeah, it's amazing. Agreed. Agreed. Where can people learn more about you and follow Luminate Leadership and the Kindness Project? How can they keep up with everything that you're doing? I have a few accounts on Instagram, so I believe we'll put some links in the show notes. The Kindness Project underscore AU and Luminate underscore Leadership. I've also got a website um, with some information, luminateleadership.com.au or on LinkedIn as well. You can find me there. The beauty these days is we can we can connect with anyone anywhere, as we said about technology. So whether that's a virtual workshop, we're all pretty used to those now. So wherever you are, or if you need any tools or resources I can share, I'm always, always open and love to connect. Well, I hate to end this conversation, but before I let you go, I'd love to ask you a question that I ask all of our guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to be a mom that leads? It means everything to me. And as I said before around leadership, 
is an honor and a privilege and it's a joy. I, I really believe it's a joy. And to remind myself of the impact that my words and actions will have as a mom of my beautiful mm-hmm. daughter, on my husband, as as the world, you know, we're still fighting for gender equality and mm-hmm. equality in general. So as a mom that's leading in my house with my husband and my daughter, and really just for everyone that I come into contact with, my my personal purpose is to bring joy to people's lives and inspire people to be their authentic self and to be a mum that leads. That is, there's no greater gift than mm-hmm. to have that impact and interact with people. And if nothing else, just a heartfelt smile that I can leave and hopefully brings that joy um, to people's lives. Beautiful. Thank you again for your time today. It's been so much fun to talk with you. you. And I hope this is the first of many conversations. Oh, indeed. I look, I really, really do too. And one day maybe face to face. And in the meantime, thanks to our technology, but thank you so much for having me. It's true honor and, and thank you for the amazing work you're doing. Don't you feel uplifted after listening to Cherie? To help keep the positive spirit going, here are some of my takeaways. Number one, gratitude has the power to transform. Whether that be helping you to get through having a child on life support or as simple as breaking down barriers at the beginning of a business meeting. Number two, key questions that you can make part of your day to start a habit of gratitude are, what was your favorite thing of today? What are you grateful for today? And how were you kind today? And then finally, on the flip side, as you reflect on your day, what will you let go of? Number three, successful leaders practice mindful leadership. They know how to stop, assess the stresses and emotions of the situation, and choose their response instead of just reacting. Number four, kindness starts with self-kindness. A couple ways that we can help our kids to develop this is to one, give them the gift of our time, and two, model kind self-talk to instill confidence. Number five, leadership is genuinely thinking about how we can impact others, whether you have a title or not. Connecting with the needs of others helps build joy, calm, and understanding that transforms our communities. Again, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cherie. And I look forward to talking to you again next week a little bit more about taking this time of change to step back, reflect, and start some new habits that can make us even healthier and more impactful leaders during the rest of the year. And as always, until next time, lead with love.